We're excited to welcome you back once again to the Christian Apostolic Center podcast. This is a podcast where a body of born-again believers are committed to the cause of Jesus Christ. Here once again with you is your show host, Alex Spooner. And with us one more time, I believe it is, to cap off the end of the Why I Believe series, how long it's been, but also as Pastor Brian Spooner. Thanks, Pastor, for, for going so long, so strong on this topic. Uh, we're, uh, we're rounding third, heading home. Yes, coming to the uh, finish line, so let's finish strong, let's be steadfast. Absolutely, let's finish strong and finish biblically. So, Amen. as always, go ahead and get out your Bibles, get your pens ready, stay tuned, and listen in. Well, we welcome you back into the CAC Podcast Recording Room. We are excited, Pastor, one more time to talk about this important, very pertinent biblical topic and to announce that this is officially, I should have gone back and looked at all the episodes. I think it's somewhere around, I think, 18, uh, well, actually, no, counting the Holiness Series, it's around 30 episodes that we have for the Why Believe series. This is going to be the last episode for uh, that series. We're going to go ahead and put a cap on so it. So the Why I Believe series is uh, appears to be winding up tonight. Yeah, it is. And so wow, we, it's you been know, a great series. It has. It's been, and it, you know, I don't think... Um, I don't know what the expectation was going into it because it was pre-COVID, obviously. Um, but boy, we ha- we've had a lot of great responses, and we're excited um, for this last conversation. We re- we really don't want to delay. I know that we have a lot to cover tonight. We're going to talk about two uh, um, very again pertinent, very biblical specifics of holiness as we wind this down. We trust and, and hope you've enjoyed, uh, particularly this segment with the holiness series. Obviously, Pastor, you taking the time to be with us eight weeks in a row. Uh, two months talking about this, uh, all the notes, um, putting all the time in, as well as obviously you've been teaching it and, and uh, in your Monday night and Sunday school. So that, that's been incredible. The content's been incredible. But I do love how we have talked about this topic. And again, we can't stress it enough. We're finally getting to some what you would call the more uh, popular cliche holiness conversations and topics. And we've taken seven episodes talking about all kinds of other biblical holiness things because holiness is so much more than just three or four things that girls do this and guys do that. I hope right. everybody has picked up on that. Right. Um, and so we, it's been a huge blessing. So without any further ado, uh, Mr. Producer, before we get started, is there anything before we just – I know we're going to take off. Uh, Pastor says we're going to take off like a helicopter and uh, probably land like a B is a B-57, whatever one of those big aircrafts are. Are, are you good over there? Yeah, how you been doing this week? Is your mic live and on hot? I know last week we had a couple issues with people uh, hearing you. I didn't. I don't know if that's still the case. Well, I think. He, I think. I think he's been trying to turn it up. He's got to turn it all the way up over there. He's trying to. He's Everybody, trying to go be ahead and give modest. us a thumbs up if you can hear, Mister Producer. Um, <laughs> how is the? Uh, how was work today? I, mean, I know. I know. Obviously, the uh, it gets busier and busier each and every week as it gets towards the holiday season. Yeah, it's ramping up. It's not bad though. Not bad though. You can handle it. Are they taking applications or are we? Uh, okay, no, they're not. Okay, wow. You want to put a commercial together? That's I hear air, we got a sponsor today. That's so, uh, airtight over there at the together. coffee beanery. I thought Pastor had a lot of influence over there. You don't think we can get one of our young adults a job over there? Uh, well, hey, I don't know. The way since right. COVID, I think they probably forgot who I am. You know, we're gonna jump right in here. We're t- we've been talking about distinction. Where, where we left off last week again. If you have not been able to kind of get caught up on whether it's last week or a couple episodes, um, definitely go back and do that. You can find that on our Facebook as well as we're um, finishing up the touches of uploading all of the actual episodes onto the podcast itself. Um, we've waited on that. That is definitely. Um, we've learned some, learned a couple things about that. Um, but it is distinction between male and female. This is a huge topic, and really, it's going to dominate the conversation that we're going to have today, Pastor. Well, it's one of the most content, it's one of the most contentious subjects uh, in Scripture, mm-hmm. uh, and really, it's contentious because of society and yeah. culture. You know, let me before we get too deep into this, let me say that you know we're not we're not trying to be contentious in our teaching. We're not trying to be contentious nor are we trying to be agreeable to everyone. Hmm. We are endeavoring to teach Biblically. biblical separation of gender distinction. And, and that's it. Not trying to be contentious. And we teach it. And we have a great need to teach it, the subject of holiness, and even in particular today, uh, gender distinction, because Satan and his system has put an all-out war on all things godly. Uh, he's come to steal, to kill, to destroy. 
and we want to equip people with biblical knowledge and with biblical truth to be able to stand against that. So yeah. if you have a question, uh, we can't cover everything in all the aspects of this. If you have a question or something that's said, uh, email us. Get on our webpage, cacflint. At gmail.com. Uh, get it at gmail.com. That's email, yeah. Uh, or, I mean, excuse me, that's our email, cacflint at gmail.com. Yeah. Or you can get on our website, cacflint.com. Yeah. And you can get a hold of us there. Yes. Um, uh, you can give the church a call. You can come to a service. Uh, and we can set Personal up anything. Bible study. Absolutely, we can take the time to answer some of those. We're not questions. trying to hide. Really, what you're saying, and I think this is important for everybody that's even been a part of our congregation for any length of time, or been a Pentecostal, Apostolic, however you want to um, categorize it. We're not just trying to reinforce what we've just been told all of our lives. We really are looking at what the Scripture says. Exactly. Um, what does the Bible say about it? I know what I've been told. I know what I've heard all my life, but it's what God has said, obviously, is what we're looking at. Um, we're answering the question, not to interrupt you on purpose, but we're answering the question, why Yeah. we believe. Exactly. We're answering the question, why why do we believe in holiness? Why do we believe in gender distinction? Yeah. And that's what we're going to become. Why we believe what we believe in. Well, and, and really, so just to pick up from last week, I know you've already you've said this, but let's just make sure that our audience remembers where we left off. You talked about distinctions, obviously, male and female. And the first things you brought up, it was a question that you asked me and actually Mr. Producer. Um, is there a biological difference between male and female? Yeah, there is. Yeah, you know, we said yes. Even those at home, ask yourself, did God create a biological Physical distinction between men and well, women. Absolutely. No yeah. Is there emotional, uh, hardwiring distinction? There as well. Absolutely, there is. And so, if God created those, then we also can know that God did create a social distinction between male and female. Right. It was, he he didn't just leave that undone. Right. He, he. It's not an afterthought to him. And so, all of the differences and distinctions between male and female. Uh, whether it be wiring, whether it be genetics, whether it be, you know, biological, there is also social distinctions between men and women that God intends for all societies to to have. And, and so now when you say social, you mean when when a male and female is represented publicly in a society, when we're out in, in, a, society. in a culture. Okay. When we are out in society, right. absolutely. Um, and we it, use the scripture of Deuteronomy 22.5. We yeah. told the folks to read that, and then we would get into it today. Yeah, yep, and we're going to go ahead, and I can read that now unless you want to go ahead. Go ahead, any no, other sounds things. good. Okay, distinction, as you said, matters to God, and we find the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 22.5. It says this, the, women, the woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. Yes, Deuteronomy twenty two five, and a couple things to point out here. Let's 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 cover the first one quickly, and then we'll get onto the one of the of of clothing. First thing is there are people who say Deuteronomy twenty two five is Old Testament law. It is not for us uh, because we don't do verses nine through eleven, which talks about mixing seeds, and so. When we look at that, we have to look at the whole voice of Scripture. And we've got to look at the principles that are there and then read those Scriptures and to see what the Bible is trying to teach us. In Deuteronomy 22, verses uh, the verses 9 through 11, is talking about the mixing of seeds. Well, we don't do that. Right, we don't practice because, that. Because that's, we don't do that because it's talking about literal seed. But the principle to us is a spiritual principle which says we do not mix uh, holy with unholy. We do not mix spiritual with carnal. That is the principle that the New Testament church is fulfilling in the light of, of, our, of our salvation. We're not talking about mixing the, the literal seeds. So uh, when you're talking about aspects of the law, it's not the literal applications of many of those things. There's the principles that are, that are there. So let's go back then, knowing uh, what, the, what is the principle, what is being taught in, in, in verse number five. And in verse number five, if we rightly divide the word, we are going to find that verse number five is covering the principle of gender distinction. And uh, someone had said uh, the other contention with this, outside of it being law, is, well, they, they all wore the same some thing. type of the same clothing, you know, like yeah. robes. Now, the scripture doesn't uh, say, you know, God didn't lay that out. In scripture, you will wear this robe, you will wear that robe. Right. Because God's principles are timeless, and he knew that through society there would be differences of fashion. 
However, what has to remain the same according to the Word of God and New Testament teaching is there must be a clear gender distinction from male to female in regards to what we wear. Right. That is the principle that is taught there. God, that did not get eliminated after no. the cross. Well, he's pretty pointed there in verse 5. He calls it, I, believe I have the word here, an abomination. Abomination is something that God hates. Hates. Now, uh, we should make the clear distinction that there are some things in Scripture that God says is an abomination to us. Mm-hmm. And then there's things that God says is an abomination to him. Right. It's the things that are the abominations to him is, is what is called in verse number 5. So it's not to an individual that this is an abomination. This is an abomination to God, which means if he hated it then, he still hates it now because ultimately what the what what gender blending does and blurring the lines of distinction, what it does is it undermines God. It undermines God's plan, his order, his authority. It undermines it. Hmm. And so that's why it's an abomination. Um, and in this case of, of clothing in Deuteronomy 22.5, what it means, the principle is that God hates anything uh, when we're in regards to clothing. He hates those things which blur yeah. or cross the line of gender distinction. And one of the ways that he helps us to determine what that is, is in that same scripture. He said, man does not put on a woman's garment. And woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. And that word pertaineth uh, means clothing that is patterned after or that belongs to a man. Yeah. Or we could even use woman there too, not trying to add to the scripture, but it's clothing that's patterned after or that belongs to. To that gender, I was about to say, you know, that word that it, it can be broken down. I have this, the Greek usage here: um, article, vessel, even uh, utensil, article, object, general objects. I mean, um, implement as far as you, you hunt a uh, hunting of war, of music, uh, tools of labor. I mean, there's a lot of different things there. Um, obviously, we're not going to break down. You made a great point. Can I can I interject? Yeah, here? please. This is not necessarily clothing, but how about men carrying purses? Hmm. That's interesting. There's there there is something there, there's there. something that a man well that's a briefcase. Yeah. But when I take it, there's some things that looks like I'm a man looks like he's a carrying feminine, a purse. We call it. It's it, he is taking something that belongs to a woman. He is putting it. He is ornamenting his body with it, and he is bringing confusion to what's going on. It's not masculine. Hmm. It is a blurring. So it's not only just particular article of clothing, but it's, as you said, it's those things which pertain to those things that belong. And so... Well, how do we know what that is? Exactly. That's a great question. That's the next thing we have to today. What belongs to man? What belongs to women? How do we, how do we determine that? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just use an Old Testament type. In the Old Testament, um, even if they wore somewhat of the same clothing, like robes, like some Jewish history teaches, and it's it's close to the same type of article of clothing, mm-hmm. um, there was, we know that there was specific distinction, even if they wore the same type of clothing yeah. in that culture, because God said, don't cross the line of wearing what, what belongs on a woman and what belongs on a man. That means there were obviously specific and so things. Obviously, that... there were different types of robes or different types of things that were done, or there was there was visual things that were done with those garments, which 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 signified that's a man, that's a woman. Yeah. And one of those things that was done is that man, the Bible said, would gird up his loins. God said, Gird up your loins, he told Job, gird up your loins like a man. And when the man girded up his loins, he would do this for hard labor. He would do this for war. He would do this for um, uh, battle, fighting, wrestling, things like that. And when he girded up his loins, when he was done doing it, what it did is it created a very distinctive look, which was separate from the look that was on a woman, even if she was wearing the same type of garment, okay, which was which was a distinctive look of a bifurcation between the legs. So there would be a separation of the legs. You could see the difference between the two. Mm-hmm. There was a distinctive look. And so that's what we that's the principle of what we're talking about. Socially, 
there should be distinctive looks between a man in what he's wearing and a woman in what she is wearing. All right. Well, uh, in Western culture, and now this is just a fact, in Western culture, the distinctive uh, clothing, the distinctive clothing for men is pants. Right. And the distinctive clothing for women is dress or a skirt. Now, I know that since World War II, and we'll talk about that briefly, that there's been a, there's culture has changed its views. However, when our culture, when, when our Western culture wants to emphasize the difference between masculine, masculine and feminine, they always go back and use the distinctive of pants and dress. And to show that point, look at a bathroom sign. Hmm. Whenever we want to, as a society, even in Western culture, when we want to go back and we want to draw a, a clear, that's a good word, a clear distinctive between male and female, we go back to the clothing distinction of women in dresses or skirts and man and men wearing pants. Hmm. Um, now, how did we get where we are today? Now, there's a starting point for that. There's a starting point in for the, that. And we're talking about, again, the U.S. Western culture. In Western culture, okay? In Western culture. Now, here's the difference because the Word of God transcends culture. You know, we, you know, you, you can go into different cultures, and when you're, that's why there's not specific articles of clothing that you can just say that or this or here or there or a robe because that, those fashions change. Right. But what does not change in the mind of God is that there are always things that are make distinction, clear distinctions. God doesn't like anything that even blurs the line. Yeah. Because the blurring of the line to God is erasing the line. Yeah. Because we, we don't have that authority. God has told us what, what, what he expects to happen. There needs to be a clear distinction. And so if well, from we, the very beginning, too, before the, any kind of culture was established, we know that God made a difference, distinctive difference between Adam and Eve. He did. Before they were even set into a culture um, or a specific time period, there was always from the beginning the intention was that there is going to be a, a very distinct difference, or again, the word distinction. Um, nowadays seems like a trigger word especially when you put gender distinction. But from the beginning, that was the purpose and the plan. Absolutely. And we know that the plan of God, going all the way back to a couple weeks ago, a good sermon by Brother Matthew Bell, the plan of God always transcends, um, rises above, works through, survives cultural onslaughts right. of changing society. Exactly, exactly. And even though societies have changed through the years, if we take United States culture, let's take Western culture or U.S. Yeah. culture, and how how our acceptance how how did we get to the area of acceptance of because it had a starting of, point here of, well of, of cross dressing well. yeah you know of men wearing women in, you know because it's happening in all kinds of facets today yeah well from it wasn't the standpoint so at the beginning from, right from the it wasn't so at the beginning you can find I mean all even I mean old films old articles you can um, you old can court just, cases yeah old court cases that were brought up in the United States that were uh, when it pertained to dress and presentation how people. Uh, old court cases which referred to the way an individual was dressing as being immoral. I mean, there was court cases in the United States that ruled on, on these basic distinctions, yeah. on these basic distinctives. And so, but what's happened is that over, over years and over time, American culture has come to accept cross-dressing or, or blurring the lines between the two. And a lot of times you can point back to somewhere in the area of World War II where, and we'll go through this quickly, where women began to go to work in factories because men were at war. And, yeah. and when society was disrupted, and I think that's a key word, when society was disrupted, women started to assume men's roles. Right. Not trying to throw blame, not this trying to cast stones. To this is just talked. what it was. It was more than just clothing, men's roles that they were started, pertaining. Exactly. There's yeah. more than just clothing involved in this. Remember, like we talked Sunday about the political agenda? Mm. There's more to this than what's on the surface. There is an underlying agenda in all things anti-Christ, right. okay? And and we didn't get to this monstrosity of gender blending that we have today. There is really no line in society. Right. Well, we didn't get here overnight. There was a seed, this big, huge monstrosity of an evil tree that we see of, 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 of transgender and gender blending. It all came from what? A little seed that was planted yeah. a long time ago. And that seed we find happened in America when these roles started to change. 
And when these roles started to change, then what people wore started to change. And 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 somewhere in that area of World War II, it started to become more acceptable for for women to wear uh, articles of clothing and or pants in particular that pertained up until that point belonged and pertained to men. It started in the factories, uh, then it moved into a, the formal occasions, and then into the general public, and unfortunately. It's even worked its way into the church, in, in, into the church and in, in, in mainstream religion today. Now, I want to say this, uh, if I'm saying it right: the means don't justify the ends. Right. It, it, regardless of why it started or how it started, we've got to look at what it has grown into. And you don't get an evil tree from a good seed. Right. If the tree is evil. If the mixing of all these genders is evil, and this fruit that's been produced by all of this is evil, then the seed that planted that tree that is producing that fruit has all the same evil within it. And I think that's important for us to grasp and remember. It didn't change. Um, and so when we're talking about um, clothing in particular, let me. I just want to ask a question. Do we think that God expects... And even those at home, those listening on the podcast, those on the live stream, does God expect a clear distinction of male and female in regards to clothing? Today. Today. Do you feel, do you think, God said, God said, I hate it. God said, I hate when the lines are, 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 are blurred. I hate when they're crossed. Don't do it. It's, it's an abomination to me. I, I hate it because of what it undermines. And so God doesn't just change what he loves and hates. He, he 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 knows why he hates it. He didn't know, he didn't look down and go, "Well, I hate it today, but down the road, well, maybe I got to change my view on it." He's God. He's not us. You know, he he knows what's going on. So, I would say yes. Absolutely. I would There's say unequivocally no yes. God expects there to be a a clear distinction of male and female in regards to clothing. I agree with that. So, let me ask the next next question is we can actually bring clothing kind of to an end here as far as the distinction between the the, the genders go. What is that distinction in America then? Ma'am. If God expects it. What is it? Then what is that clear distinction? Well, in America, you might not find it. But I can say you still can see a semblance of it. And let me give you this example. If you see a man wearing a dress when you walk out of here tonight, those that are watching, not throwing stones, simply making an example, or just just show, just giving it, just giving a type and an example for us to consider. If we, if, if you see a, a picture of a magazine, or if you go out and you see a man wearing a skirt or a dress, all right, and you look at that and you go, oh, do we not? Even as even the majority of American society, do we not look at that and go, wow, that's clearly, that's a key word clearly not acceptable right there's no something doubt. there's something that goes wow that's just that's just off yeah that's just off you don't need the holy ghost to tell you that no i'm not downplaying that but just society in general would look at that and go something's not right there yeah it's a it's clearly not acceptable yeah oh dennis right? robin you know saw those years ago and he wearing a wedding dress and doing wedding all dress that and stuff that, and just, you, you know you see that happen and you go something is clearly wrong I think we all can agree with that, Mr. Producer. Mr. Producer, why don't you go ahead and weigh in over there? I mean, what do you think? You know, when we, you know, if you see somebody in a, in a, a man wearing a dress or a skirt or something, and you look at that, it doesn't doesn't that clearly announce that that man? That's just not acceptable. I agree. Okay, it, and the, it's just it's there. It's there. So now let me ask this question: Should there not be the same clear distinction if a woman? wears something that pertains to a man. I mean, it should, but obviously... But when we look into America, we go, well, what is that? That does... That it was not nearly as... Well, what, what is that? We, we can't point to that. I can look at a man wearing a dress and go, whoa, clearly something's wrong. But what is that clear line in society for a, for a, for a woman to wear something, to not wear something that pertains to a man? And the answer is society can't give us that. Well, here's the issue that we as the church have to understand. American culture may have blurred the lines and even erased the lines. And depending on what happens in our next election could even destroy further the lines of gender, of gender distinction. 
But the church, I am imploring every born-again believer to know that the church cannot have such confusion. Right. There has to be in the church a very clear line of distinction between a man and a woman in regards to what we wear. And if we look at a man that's wearing a dress and say, clearly that's wrong, the church believes the same clear distinction is made when a woman is wearing pants, when a woman is wearing those articles of clothing that have always belonged and pertained to men, regardless if it's a woman's uh, pantsuit. It, it may have been it may have been designed for a woman, but it's been, but it's patterned after a man's fashion. Right. It's patterned after things that have belonged to man in Western society. And let me go back to it: when Western society wants to make a clear distinction between male and female, they always go back to the distinction that men wear pants and women wear skirts or dresses. Look at the bathroom sign. It still is a testimony against us. That in our own nature, even in our own culture, has already taught us that there is a distinction. Because the world has blurred those lines, or because society has blurred those lines and even erased them, the church cannot partake in that. Yeah. We cannot partake in that. In doing so, we undermine what, what God's plan and God's role is. And so without going into specific articles of clothing, we look at the distinction of social distinction, and the church believes the New Testament church, uh, the, 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 the born-again believer, our church, we, we teach, we believe, the Bible teaches a clear distinction between, between male and female in regards to what we wear. And if it's, if it's a clear distinction or clearly unacceptable for a man to wear a dress, then the opposite is true. For it's, it's clearly unacceptable for a woman to wear pants. Because because it blurs the lines of a social gender distinction between the two. I definitely think it shows um, how you how how you, we're so used to seeing the one side and not the other. Yes. Now, because, obviously, because as, as our day progresses, uh, you know that's a great point. You know, um, that's a that's a great point. You know, if you if you you know if we we've been a, almost a hundred years now of of watching women so put on, put on and uh, fashions changing where women are are, are, are wearing things that pertain to men yeah. and and we become accepted to it to wear now dresses on a man we go whoa wait a minute but let another hundred years go and who knows where we would be yeah we might be in a society where a hundred years from now children are growing up going well uh, men can wear dresses it's no big deal well just because society has accepted it Right. Does not mean we have to be on guard for that. And we so, don't. We don't know where the world's going to be in hundred years, but we do know where God expects His church. To his be church in to be in, in the same in the same area. Which with is why we're having this conversation. And again, not trying to be contentious, just no, simply trying to not. simplify and say that the church and, and in this society, uh, brother, in this society, brother and sister, mom and dad, those are home elders, preachers, teachers, pastors. In this society. The church has to be a clear light in darkness. Yeah. Not somebody who's trying to get along with fashion, trying to blur the lines. We need to have a clear distinction. And the and the way that we can have an absolute clear distinction is what we teach, that women wear dresses and men wear pants. And as far as articles of clothing, we talk about purses, you know, things of effeminate, yeah. things you could add to it, stuff that you could do that pertains. You can you can cross the line there, and but 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 it all goes into the same principle. And so I think that kind of can bring us down to when we're talking about clothing, and and I know we're now transitioning into another gender distinctive. Yeah, and you know before we do, Pastor, we're going to go ahead. Um, I really appreciate all that you definitely added there as far as that that we could we could, it's true we could go on longer. Sure, we could obviously in that particular topic. Um, and the the one thing we want to make sure is it matters because it's what Scripture says. And if obviously we want to serve and please God, and we don't want to do that in the areas that are most convenient or um, we want to do it, we want to be well-rounded, we want to be consistent, we want to be faithful. That word, um, you know, faith and faithfulness, a huge Christian word. And, and, there, and there's ways of, there's ways of, and modesty comes into it too in the New Testament. Somebody yeah. say, well, if I wear a dress doing this, I'm not modest. There's we talked ways, about that a little bit. There is ways so of still tight, wearing you know, what belongs to a woman. And belongs to a man. The woman can still wear what she needs to wear and still be modest. Yeah, there's ways to do that. We're not going to cover all that tonight. But if you right. want to know, talk with Sister Spooner. Talk with your wife. 
uh, give us a call, text, call me. We have and there's maybe have a plenty of ways. group discussion one time. For yeah, that. that'd be really plenty. Good. Yeah, that'd be great. I know yep. we uh, in, next. Um, I know we're going to jump into a couple more topics here before we. Um, we're going to talk into hair. We're going to jump into hair. We're, we're going to jump into hair. Into the, before the we do. the distinction that hair has in the, in the plan of God. Before but, we do, we're going to go ahead and take a quick word, a uh, quick break from word from our sponsors. Well, we hope you enjoyed that quick break, 30-second break from a word from our sponsors. I believe that was Cook Diesel. Yeah, we appreciate um, that. And uh, obviously, if any, we have a lot of business owners uh, in the church. If you, um, if at any point in time you would like to be a sponsor of the CAC podcast, uh, we would love to uh, obviously uh, be able to put um, put a commercial up, put a quick advertisement to, for you guys to be a sponsor as well. Um, so we appreciate all the time and effort that went into that. It was good to see Bishop. Uh, looks like he was driving the big old RV there. Yeah, driving the RV in the, yeah. open, in the, in the commercial there. Brother and Sister Cook, obviously yes. awesome. To, um, uh, definitely cool to see uh, the commercial we put together. I'm sure a lot of time went to that. Um, let's go ahead and continue. Um, hair. That's what we're, we're, we're jumping into next. And, again, our endeavor is to be biblical. And, mm-hmm. and that's what we're going to do. We're going to mm-hmm. go. We're going to jump right into some passages of Scripture. Um, and if you don't already know, First Corinthians 11 is the place that obviously we're going to be journeying to. So if you were kind of in the Old Testament or following along with what we were, what we, we just wrapped up with um, as far as gender distinction um, and that which uh, pertaineth to a man and, and, a, and a woman in Deuteronomy 22, go ahead and transition over to the New Testament now. And that's First Corinthians. And Paul deals with this um, pretty, pretty emphatically. Well, there's two areas. Uh, that's great. That's a great word, by the way. He he is. He's very. He 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 brings it out for a reason. Now, remember, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church because of problems. Yeah, issues. There were several issues that 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 he is addressing in those first, you know, eleven, twelve chapters of of Corinthians, and this happens to be one of them. You know, the distinction that in the role that the veil or hair plays in the role distinction between a male and a female, and. Um, and so God has placed, there's two distinctions that God socially um, wants between male and female. One is in what we wear, and two is our hair, hmm. is what is on, is, is on our head. It's, it's what the Bible calls covering, all right? It's a covering. So 1 Corinthians 11, we're going to go through this quickly. We're going to go through, so you may have to get your notes and your pencils out, and you're going to have to take some time to... Um, uh, to to go Pastors back and look at these, kind of quick, I'm going to move quickly said, through. So just, I'm going to yep, move quickly through some of these for time purposes. To... The basic summary of First Corinthians 11, and it's verses one through 16. The basic summary is that women have long, uncut hair, uncut, and men have short or cut hair. Yeah. Um, for the women, First uh, Corinthians 11 teaches that her long hair is a sign of submission to authority. It teaches that angels watch to see if a woman is has this sign of submission, which is her long hair. Uh, it also teaches that it is, it is a shame for a woman to pray or to prophesy with her head uncovered, thereby dishonoring uh, her leadership. Um, it teaches uh, that nature, it tells us that nature teaches that women have long hair. And men have short hair. Right. Uh, Paul is teaching that to women, her long hair is her glory. And it also teaches that long or hair is another method uh, that God uses for distinction between male and female. Now, for the man, it teaches the same verses of Scripture, teaches that man's short hair or his cut hair is uh, is a symbol of his leadership and of his submission to Christ's leadership. Right, because we know that the head of the man is is Christ. Christ. And it also teaches for a man to pray or to prophesy with his head head covered or have long hair dishonors his head 
Now, that's not dishonoring his literal head. It's 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 dishonoring his spiritual head, which is Christ. Now, I know this is a this a rabbit trail. Don't jump dive into it. But do you think this is one of the reasons why? Um, it was. It's always been frowned upon to wear a hat in into a, a sanctuary, into a, a building. Um, of you know what? I, I don't know because okay. I, I the Bible doesn't talk about hats or things like that. Right. In specific, it's the hair. Yeah. And and we we cover that. The hair is, is the hair is the symbol. Context. So, so right. Years. The hair is the symbol. Now I understand how you feel, but but uh, certainly we can't see that in. In scripture, not in the first Corinthians 11. No, so just yeah. if, any, if any if any good brother tries to bring that up as far as wearing hats, just uh, you know, kindly and biblically no, because the covering, the covering is the hair, yeah, it's not hats right. in this in this context. The covering is very clearly the hair, right? Um, another point that that uh, first Corinthians teaches men is that Paul said nature teaches men uh, to have short hair. That's important. I tell you, I know you're going to spend time there, but Paul refers all the way back to the beginning, to nature, to the order of creation. Right. Which really lends uh, away from the notion or idea of cultural, which is with the big argument, obviously, and we're going to get into that. But I, I definitely want people to, to key in on that word when he talks about nature teaching that this is how God has ordered this. Right. And there was a, you know, the, he said that nature does not nature itself teach us. Uh, uh, it teaches that if man, that long hair on a man is a shame to shame, him. Shame, yeah. Um, it also teaches men that short hair is one of God's methods of distinction between male and female. That's the that's the quick breakdown of First Corinthians one through eleven. Yeah. Now, what I want to do is very quickly. I'm going to throw you some scriptures out there. So get your pens and pencils get ready. ready. To write them down. Um, these are Old Testament scriptural examples and, and and types and principles. Now, I'm not going to go through these. We don't have time. If you're searching for the truth, if you're hungry for it, and you really want to deepen this, you you will dive into it. People who are not People who either uh, don't want to accept it or are not interested, they're not going to do it. We understand that. But if you're hungry for truth, you can dig into these and find some of what we're talking about. Um, Very quickly, scriptural examples of the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the cutting of hair was a symbol of disgrace or mourning. That's in Ezra 9 and 3, Nehemiah 13 and 25, Isaiah 22 and 12, Ezekiel 27, 31, 29 and 18, Micah 1 and 16, also in the Old Testament, the loss of hair or someone losing their hair was a sign or someone's hair being taken off was a sign of barrenness, sin, and even judgment from God. Isaiah three seventeen and verse 24, Jeremiah 47 and 5, Jeremiah 48, 37, Ezekiel 7 and 18. A lot of scriptures. And, and Amos 8 and 10. Wow. In Isaiah 3, 17 through 24, a judgment was a judgment pronounced on a proud woman was that instead instead of having well set hair that she would be stricken bald jeremiah 7 and 29 the prophet used cut hair as a symbol of the backslidden condition and the rejection of god to judah hmm. in ezekiel 16 and 7 a woman's long hair symbolized the blessing of god that's ezekiel 5 verses 1 through 4 and verse number 12 God told Ezekiel to cut off his hair uh, as an object lesson of God's judgment on Judah. Oh, wow. In Ezekiel chapter 10, verses 3 through 10, Ezekiel was without his glory, and thus it signified Jerusalem without the glory of God. All right? You can look in the Old Testament at the Nazarite vow in number 6, verses uh, the first 21 verses of number 6 talks about the Nazarite vow. And the Nazarite vow could be a man, could be a woman, how the Nazarite was. They didn't cut their hair. They they could do that for a period of time, or it could have been life, like Samson was. And um, and uh, like like Samson was, was a Nazarite uh, from his mother's womb. And that's why when his hair was cut, it, he was no longer separated unto God. And he lost his he lost his his power from God. Uh, uncut hair in the Nazarite vow was a mark of separation unto God. And as we said, it's done for a period or it could be done for a lifetime. Um, but suffice it to say, with all of those scriptural examples, and we could give you more, just want to say that in the Old Testament, hair was very significant to God. Hair was of of a great significance to many of God's types, many of God's teachings, and many of God's lessons, and many of the things which God done in Israel. Hair was significant to God in the Old Testament. So now, 
let's let's take and transition over to the New Testament teaching. Let's let's kind of break down a little bit First uh, Corinthians eleven yeah. in those first sixteen verses. Now, before we get into that, most of the denominal world and denominal churches ignore this passage and say it doesn't apply. Cultural, it doesn't apply. Okay. However, Paul was very clear to Timothy when he said all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Okay, and so we we just can't decide to pull out and, and, and we, you had to be very, very careful. Be very, very careful. It's, it's in there for a reason. So let's just break down for the remainder of our, our time tonight. How much, what are we at? Where are we at, Mr. Producer? Producer? Okay, so we, we'll break this down here in the next 20 minutes and get it done. So follow along with us. Go back and listen to it. Or We're going to start with 1 Corinthians 11, 1, correct? The first two verses, if we read those quickly, go ahead and read those first two verses. It says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Verse 2, Now I praise you, brethren, that ye remember me in all things, and keep the ordinances as I have delivered them to you. So the first two verses, Paul admonishes believers to follow him. And to keep the teachings that he has delivered to them. Right. And among those teachings is the teaching that he's getting ready to do on hair. Right. Okay. Verse three. So now we 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 right there, right there, we can't just throw it out. He's right. telling all believers Make sure you remember this. Listen, follow these things I'm telling you, all my teachings, and now that includes what he's getting ready to teach them about hair. <laughs> that's not just all the ones he's taught up to that point and then everything after that, is... Right, that's his teaching. Exactly. So then that's what the first two verses establishes that we need to pay attention to what he's getting ready to say. Okay, so then he dives right in. He doesn't waste any time. Right. And as you said perfectly, setting up the context, Paul is addressing some serious issues. This was a needful letter, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1 Corinthians eleven three, now, And a letter to the church. That's right. Not to the world, to the church. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And he makes that known, obviously, in the beginning of his letter. Uh, But I would have you, verse 3 now, know that the head of every man is Christ. And you spoke about that earlier, Pastor. And the head of the woman is the man. And the head of Christ is God. So verse 3, what we are seeing is divine order. Right. We're seeing God is the head of Christ. And in that, we see Christ as a human. As a human, Christ submitted to the Spirit of God that lived within him. And that, and Christ was our supreme example, all right? So we know God is the head of Christ. We know that Christ is the head of man, and then man is the head of the woman. Right. Man is to be the leader of the family. Right. All right? Christ submitted himself to the, to the will of the Father, and, and man submits himself. Man is the leader of the family. And it teaches us in verse 3 that woman to respect that particular leadership. What we are looking at is the divine order of God. That's right. And again, appealing to creation. And and he is dealing with divine order. Right. Okay. Okay. So then now verse 4 and 5 of 1 Corinthians 11, it says, Now every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. Mm -hmm. Verse 5 says, But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered dishonoreth her head. For that is even all one, as if she were shaven. Right. So verse 4 and 5. What's right, going on there? Paul is telling us that men should not pray or prophesy with their head covered. And that women should not pray or prophesy with their head uncovered. And we know, again, as you already said, that's not some kind of covering, a head physical no, covering. We, we, He's it, appealing it, to it hair. We'll deal with this. He talks about a veil, but we'll talk about what that veil represents and what that's about. But he's ta- he, 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 he'll be clear that he's talking about the covering is the hair. He said, in doing so, if a man does what he, praying with it covered, and a woman praying with hers uncovered, okay, doing so dishonors their head, not their literal head, but their spiritual head. And doing so, doing so, a man praying with his head uncovered, or excuse me, a man praying with his head covered, covered. and a woman praying with her head uncovered mm. also signifies a changing of places. That's what Paul is, remember, distinction. we're talking about divine order, and Paul is placing the, the distinction of hair in saying that if a man does this he dishonors his head hmm. and by dishonoring the head you are you what you are doing you're elevating you're changing places in the order of God's divine purpose and Paul is letting us know this 
The woman's covering is a sign of her role in God's plan. A man's covering and what he does with it is a sign of his role in God's plan. Okay? Yeah. And so, uh, and it says, and it says, for that, even alone, all one is if she were shaven. That's talking about there's no difference in Paul between cutting Shorn or completely, or sh- uh, completely shaving or the head. Yep. Paul is saying there's no difference between cutting the hair or shaving the head. It's all the same. That's what he's saying there. Yeah. We'll talk about that briefly in a minute. Yeah. And so then verse 6, he dives in a little bit deeper um, concerning, for if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. And that means cut. Yeah. But if it be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her be covered. So verse number six, Paul is saying, a woman not being covered is the same as if she cut off her hair. That's what he's saying. He said, if a woman not being covered is the same as if she cut off, cut her hair, cut, cut her hair so off. So is, is that is that definitely um, kind of the um, kind of... Uh, Speaking to the fact of there is no difference between trimming or completely cutting. Well, he yeah he well he gets into that. He got into that a little bit in the the verse before when he said it's all the one as if she were sh- were she were shaven. Right. Okay. And he says it's shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven. Shorn or shaven. Right. Shorn means cut. cut. Anyway, that yeah. means cut. Yeah. Okay. What he's saying in verse number six is that a woman not being covered. Now here's what we got to understand is what does it mean to be covered? Right. And he's going to get to that. But what he's saying is, is a woman praying or not being covered is the same as if she cut off her hair. And since it's a shame for a woman to to have her hair cut, let her be covered or shaven. Yeah. Then he said, let her be covered. Okay. And her covering, we know, is her long hair. Right. And we will, and we we break that down. But that's the covering is the hair. Her a woman's covering is her long hair. Okay. Okay. And then in verse seven, verse seven, verse seven, eight, nine, cover the same topic. It says, "For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, for as much as he is the image and glory of God." Boy, what a profound statement that is! But the woman is the glory of the man. Verse eight: For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. And verse nine: And neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. So, verse seven, eight, and nine. Paul is saying, and I know we're going through this, but we're trying to just give you the meat and potatoes of this. Yeah. Okay? If you have any other questions, email us, give us a call, come to a service, we'll set it up. So verses 7, 8, and 9 are telling us that man is the representative of the family before God. The man is the representative of the family before God. The husband is the representative. He is responsible to provide, to protect, to lead that family spiritually. As a sign of his position in God's order, Paul is saying his head should not be covered. Right. And verse number 14 tells us that that covering of man is that his hair should be short. Right. Not being covered means that he has cut hair. He has short hair. Yeah. All right. That is a sign of his position in God's order, and it is a sign of man's acceptance of that place. For the woman, he is teaching in those verses, that woman came from a man, Women, woman is his partner, and the Bible teaches that, that, that those scriptures teach that she is a helper that is comparable to him. It teaches, she, he is telling the woman that she, is, she should respect the man's position and follow his godly leadership right. to demonstrate her position in this order. Her head should be covered. With her glory, which verse number 15 teaches us is her long hair. Mm. So the covering is the hair, all right? That's what Paul is saying in verses 7, 8, and 9, that man is a representative of the family. He shows his acceptance of that role and his submission to that role by not praying with his head covered or having long hair, okay? The long hair is the covering. Right. So not having long hair is what man needs to do to show his position in, in that order. And a woman, she came from man. She's his partner, his helper that's comparable to him. And in respect to his position and her place in the divine order, she follows his godly leadership. And to dis, to demonstrate that position and to dis, demonstrate her acceptance of that position, 
her head should be covered. Right. And that covering in verse number 14, Paul tells us, is her long hair. Okay. And so now, now to verse 11, now we as we dive in here, it says this. Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man, in the Lord. In the Lord. What is, okay, I'll let you break that down in a second. Verse 12, for as the woman is of the man, even so is the man also by the woman, but all things of God. What is he talking about there? Basically, woman is not inferior to man. Okay. And men are not complete without women. Even though we've been t- obviously the roles, are, there are a distinction even in the roles, obviously, within uh, the kingdom of God, the family structure. But as you said, inferior, that's, that's a good word. The, the, the woman is not inferior to the man, and nor is the man complete without the woman. Yeah. The scripture in the Lord denotes that there is, a, there is an interdependence in God's plan. It's not good for man to dwell alone, so he made him a woman. Didn't make him another man. Obviously. He made a woman, yeah. all right, to be a helpmate, a, 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 an individual that is comparable to him. Now, the roles, however, are different, and that's where we've got to make sure we keep things straight. The roles are different. Mr. Producer, it's God's okay. will for you to find yourself a good uh, helper. Yes, that's a just, man that's that finds all a wife has found a good thing, the Bible said. If I were you, I'd He's, bring up Paul in 1 Corinthians 7 when he it, begins to talk about, I would that you would be like me. Oh, yes, yeah, be, be single. Well, what, what, I mean, Mr. Producer, but we won't go there. But it's God's will for you to find. you got a lot of good friends, obviously. you got a lot of good bro friends. Uh, but, Pastor, you said it perfectly. He did make uh, Adam another guy. Mm-hmm. Only a good woman yep. will do, brother. Yep. And for all the other people out there that are just, you know, they're holding out, uh, you know, let God lead you. Let God Let lead God you. Guide certainly. You. Yes, certainly. That's yeah. what he's saying in verse number 11 and 12 is that men and women are to work together. They're interdependent. The roles are different. God has designed the man to be the leader. There's roles. We've got to keep that in. And that's what, the, that's what the, the hair and the submission to that, that's what it shows. It's a representation it shows, of it that. It shows a representation of our submission to okay. God's divine order of where he created us to be. He okay. created me a man. I have to receive that, accept that, and submit to that order. Okay. And so then he moves on here. In another segment of verses, for verse 13 of chapter 11, Judge in yourselves. Is it comely that a woman pray unto God uncovered? Verse 14, Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him? Now, Pastor, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I've listened to a lot of different uh, non-denominational people teach on this, and they use this verse right here um, when he asked them a question. Judge in yourselves. And their biggest point uh, to take out of this is that, oh, well, Paul was clearly leaving it up. You make the judgment. Individual churches. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you make, no, he's, no, he's basically asking a rhetorical question. Okay. Which Paul does in a lot of his teachings. Yeah. Doesn't it just, you know, doesn't it make, doesn't it make sense? Is, doesn't it nature teach us? Doesn't it? I mean, if nature teaches us, he goes on after this and talks about doesn't, doesn't, when he says does not even nature teach us. Well, that doesn't leave it up to us. You see, the difference is when nature teaches us, in the order of creation teaches us, it's natural. <laughs> That's our teacher. Yeah. It is not left up to us to judge. What he is saying is, is it's rhetorical. These questions are rhetorical. And Paul has implored that and employs that in his, in his teachings throughout other areas. He said nature... Is and that's something that God created, by the way. There is no mother nature. Thank you. Yeah, God, God created. Point. God created nature. That's part. Of, that's creation. Basically, we say that as a, out of habit sometimes. But we honestly, do. what you know, you know, that, let's not steal any glory from God, um, who who is the creator of all things. By yes. Him, all things were made. The Bible is emphatic about. That. And He created Eve and Adam, Adam and Eve, as full grown adults. Hmm. And there was a distinction by looking at them. Yeah. The, you could, there was a distinction. Yeah, that's the nature teaching. Does nature itself, nature, the creation itself teaches men have short hair and women have long hair? Why? Again, for distinction. Yeah, for a clear distinction of male and female. Yeah. So for, let's finish with verse number fifteen and sixteen. Okay. So that says, but if a woman have long hair, very specific, it is a glory to her. For her hair is given for her a covering. There's the part. That's the covering. That's where he puts hair and covering together. That's where he's talking. They're talking, well, what's the covering? The hair is given her for a covering. That is her covering. That is the covering that Paul is talking about in this teaching. A woman's hair is given to her by God for her glory. Now, 
we can approach it with the wrong attitude. And I'm not a woman, but understand something. You have something that you have the ability to do that men don't do. Yeah. God has given you Opportunity something Opportunity to bring glory. God has given you something he didn't give a man to do. And he gave man things to do that is not within the woman's power to do. That's why we're interdependent. That's why we work together. That's why if both of us, both creation, is doing what God laid out in divine order. There is blessing to the entire unit, okay? Mm. A woman's hair is given her for her glory and for a covering to do what? To satisfy the requirements of all the preceding verses that we just talked about. Verses 5, verses 6, and verses 13, okay? Now, the Bible talks about, uh, there's an area here that talks about a veil. Well, wait a minute. Paul, is, Paul talks about a veil in there. And there's denominational churches and places and even Jewish people that teach that the veil is, is, the is, is the covering and you need to wear that veil. And Paul very clearly states that her hair is given her instead of a veil. Yeah. Okay. Her hair is the covering. Our hair, the hair is the covering that God gave us, okay? Okay. So that's what he's saying in verse number 15. In 16. The he, covering is to given by God to, re, to to fulfill the requirements of those preceding verses that we talked about. Praying with okay. your hair, uh, your head covered. Prophesying. Uh, showing your divine, or your submission to the divine order and the authority and the leadership of your, your husband and, and so on and so forth. Okay. So then in 16, uh, it says, but if any man seem to be contentious... We have no such custom, neither the churches of God. What is Paul saying there? Well, custom. Uh, the uh, let me tell you what the denominational world and many uh, um, people have said that if you're contentious about it, then it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. If if you disagree with it, no issue. There's no issue, man. So 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 Paul just pretty much wastes his time being pretty emphatic. Right. With Basically, the Paul, Paul, Paul talks verses. about all this other stuff and then says, "But if you don't want to believe it, don't worry about it." That's not. <laughs> that is not what he is saying. What Paul is saying is, is that the church has no other custom than what I've just described. The church subscribes to no other custom than to what I have just given to you. All right? And we ought to obey, is what he is saying, is we, ought to, we, we need to obey these teachings instead of being contentious. That's what he's talking about. That's what he's talking the standard. about. That's what he's talking about in that verse. He's not talking about if you don't agree with it, just throw out the whole practice. He's saying the church has no other custom than what I've just laid out here. And instead of being contentious, let's we need to obey we need to obey the teaching. And so okay? I I know you want to wrap up obviously the, the hair part in first Corinthians but then Prince Producer, where are we at? One hour exactly. Okay, that's fine. We'll, we'll we'll finish it up right here, and that's just we're holding a little bit longer today. But people I know are wanting to know this information, so I'm sure they're hanging on. Um, you know, we, we're going verse by verse for a reason. We just covered 16 verses and exegetically broke down what the apostle is saying because we again we want to be biblical. That's the goal. What does the scripture say? And so to, to wrap this up, Pastor, as far as First Corinthians 11, um, the first thing you brought up is hair symbolizes the relationship of husband and wife, which in turn represents the Lord's relationship with the church, correct? Yes, yes. Okay, and then we broke down, I just want to try to see if I can go along with this, women's long hair symbolizes that she submits to God um, in God's order and plan uh, for the family leadership of the husband. And then last, as you brought here in the last few verses, Paul says, it is a glory unto her. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, exclusive for the women in this case, based off what we read in Scripture. It is exclusive for the woman. Um, and similarly, just kind of breaking down the parallel from a man, a uh, man's short hair shows his submission to God's order, his plan, and accepts uh, the family leadership position. Yes, when a, a woman takes her position, her hair is a sign of submission. And to her order in it, and man's short hair shows his submission to God's order and plan by accepting that role of family leadership that God has placed upon him. Then he appeals to nature. We yep, know that. He appeals to nature. Women yep. grow long hair and men uh, to cut theirs short, bringing a clear, visible gender distinction of male and female. Mm-hmm. Um, how long is long? Well, nature determines that long. You have you have that there. That's, that's what's interesting. Some would say, well, long long is not a length. Long is not a length. Um, and uh, it's a it's not a length of measurement. Long means is is continuing to grow, is allowed to grow. It's a it's actually an active participle. It's actually an active verb in the in the original language. Um, and so long, how long is long? Nature determines that length, because some grow longer than others. Yeah, 
Or okay. some have none at all. Some, some, some grows longer than others. Absolutely. Nature determines how long long is. Now, I want to say this. Because some women would have long hair and some, you know, when a length of distance, you know, looks real long. Some this who have never who have allowed long. their hair to grow and have not have not cut it, not not trimmed it, burned it, whatever they do nowadays uh, in society as fashion, uh, it still doesn't grow as long as some others. That's nature. If you are allowing it to grow and leaving it as the Apostle Paul is teaching us, to God, it's long. To the angels that look for that sign of submission, it's long. And that is what we must look to. Nature teaches how long, long is. That is why we just allow it to go. We allow it to grow. And by nature, it does it. And so for a woman, long is what we allow. We just allow it to grow. And nature determines what long is. Not us. Not, not, not to us. It's nature that does those things. So right. we leave it. We leave it be. Right. Uh, when men and women follow the biblical teaching of hair... They are following God's plan and order as he established it in creation. The bottom line is that when men and women follow the biblical teaching on hair, on that covering, they are following God's plan. That's exactly what Paul laid out in 1 Corinthians 11, God's divine order. Right. God's divine order. And if we want to, we, we, you know, to wrap up on gender distinction, um, we talked about clothing, we talked about hair. We have to ask, it: does, does it really matter? There's people who would say, does it really matter? I mean, does it really matter uh, that we look at this? I mean, we talked about the nominal world that says this passage of Scripture. Well, let me, let me put it this way. Um, if, we just, if, if we disregard this teaching, then what prevents us from disregarding other biblical teachings? That's right. What, 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 what prevents us from ignoring other passages of Scripture? Nothing, uh, except for what we determine. And we get into a, a dangerous place there. Um, I would also say, ask Moses how how crucial obedience to simple commands are. That's right. You know, speak to that rock. And he struck it. Yeah. Ask Moses how, even though he didn't know what the outcome would be, we understand that to go backwards is just to simply do what God told us to do. Right. Just do what God told us to do, what he commanded us to do. Um Gender distinction is not based, when we talk about the things we pulled out in Scripture today, uh, it's, holiness is not based on our personal or even somebody else's opinion that somebody else may have. It's not based on that. And we do what we do. We believe what we believe. And we do what we do because it is our responsibility, number one. And number two, it is a pleasure. It is a privilege to serve God. It's a privilege to serve God. And we do it. Because we love him. We do this because we love him. And when, when you're talking, and in this world today, there is a need. There is a tremendous need for the church to be salt in the earth, light in the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. Yes. And the bottom line of all the gender distinction, whether it's clothing or hair, is this. We have to be distinct. We have to be distinct. We cannot look like the world we cannot uh, per, uh, uh, present ourselves like the world. Mm. We cannot mesh ourselves with the world. And the world is in a tremendous place of confusion. And if you looked at gender distinction, the world is totally confused. It's total, yeah. total chaos. Yeah. And the reason is crossing the lines of gender distinction has, has, has brought up a whole lot of evil. And remember, the, tr the evil tree that we have in front of us today with all this evil fruit of transgender and uh, all of the homeless, all the stuff that's happening, all that stuff came from a little seed. All the evil that we see in this gender blending in our society was all in the little seed that was planted maybe a hundred years ago. When these roles started to be started to be confused and started to be started to be blurred, with starting with what women wore, and now it's getting in, and now we're starting to see it going into men wearing what women. I mean, it's starting to see, we're starting to see it even more acceptable that men wearing things that uh, belong on women. 
And so the bottom line is we have to be clear in our distinction. That's it. We have to be clear in our distinction. We are, we are, we have the truth. We have the truth. We cannot, and, 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 and gender distinction and hair in particular is a sign of submission to mm. God's divine order. We cannot turn this around. And that is why we believe what we believe, because God has laid it out as a gender distinction between male and female. And that's the perfect way uh, you said it. God has laid it out. And and that's it. That That is how we end the Why I Believe series. Um, Pastor, can't thank you enough for taking all this time and all the, the deep dive and study. I know you're consistent. You're continuing to study and teach on this topic, uh, obviously, on our Sunday night adult um, Sunday school, and excuse me, Sunday morning. So please, uh, the great teaching is not over. Again, thank you for everybody. Thank you for all the support. Thank you for all the consistency in uh, this series that we just finished wrapping up. We have a couple of new things coming. Uh, uh, I, I guess the audience is way for in, the, in uh, the hopper. Yeah, yeah for yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. for our Wednesday nights coming up quick. So uh, we will be back next week, obviously. Uh, Mr. I think Perdue- next week. Uh, I think next week you and uh, Brother Matthew are going to be back, and I think you're going to be talking about the upcoming elections. And uh, we might have a fun conversation. Yeah, biblical biblical agendas and things like that. Very very important. We got it. We got to tune into that. We we can't be silent. I, we, um, we have an obligation. Mr. Producer, do we have another commercial for lined up? Nothing. No, okay. No more commercial. Not, not not at the end, huh? Okay. okay. Um. Yeah, next week for sure. We're looking forward to that. And uh, you know, we've been, we 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 haven't done very many book recommendations. I, you know, I, I drew a lot from this, um, and I don't know if uh, Mrs. Uh, Sister Spooner can can get this book uh, put up on the screen here. But Biblical Hair Length by Ryan uh, Brother uh, Daniel Seagraves. Obviously, he's pretty uh, incredible. Uh, studies that First Corinthians eleven two through sixteen. Mm-hmm. This is an incredible read. Uh, Brother Seagraves, an apostolic guy, great writer. Also, uh, The Girl in the Dress, Uncovering the Mystery of Modesty. Um, Copia, Lloyd Ragner, actually a, 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 a local here in Michigan, um, uh, a licensed minister of the UPCI. She writes that book, and um, that has to do with some gender distinction, obviously, as well. So those are some good resources. If you have any other questions or desires uh, about resources like that, please, I, I'm always ready and willing and excited to give uh, book recommendations out. Uh, but until then, uh, Mr. Producer, you all sit over there. Good to go. Nothing. All right. Nothing. Okay. All right. Well, we love you guys. Hope you have an incredible evening. Thank you for spending time with us tonight. And thank you, Pastor, once again for taking time to talk about this important topic. It was great. We'll be coming to you again next week. And for all of us here and obviously all of our sponsors, we love you guys. God bless. We love you. God bless you.